Hey everybody, RC Alienation version 2.0. I am Dan, this is episode 163. Most of the gang is here. Jesse's playing hooky tonight. Don't know what he's doing, but it better be damn important. I think he's driving back home to Bellingham for the Thanksgiving holiday. Bah! Is that, are we going to let that slide? I know, dude. He always seems to find a way to <laughs> only be able to drive home during recording. I know, right? What's up with that? Jesse, you're suspect. So Nick and Justin are here. What's going on, guys? Yeah, okay, boss. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's going to be one of those uh, nights. Yes, it is. What, what voice is that, Nick? I don't know, <laughs> dude. What? One of the ones in my head. <laughs> one of the many. <laughs> <laughs> one of many. Yeah. Uh, like, you know what they that say. Tell you to do things. Is, I, naughty you know the things. Best part? You know the best part about that? If you're ever in a bad mood, you just pick one of the other people that's not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think there's a classification for that. Um, awesome. <laughs> I think <laughs> you might actually be able to go. And get diagnosed, and um, you can then get reap pills. the benefits of oh. of um, the Affordable Care Act in some way, shape, or form. Because you, would I don't want to reap disability. anyone. I would like to ream someone's benefits, but I don't really want to reap any benefits. <laughs> you don't want to be labeled. It's too late, no. man. We've labeled you, crazy Nick. Yeah, yeah that's all right. So here we are. Jesse's not here. Thanksgiving's coming up. OHB's coming up. Wow, this year just screamed by. I just can't. I just, it's pretty much over, dude. Pretty much is over. Don't say that. It's not over. It is, dude. No, it's not. I have flying left to do. You're not going to make it, Nick. Five weeks, Nick. Not going to make it. It's not going to happen. And I don't know. I don't know if you've checked lately, but my weather forecast says that it's raining pretty much the next 10 days straight <sighs> so you, ohb can't come quick enough even if i'm not even flying anything you know i've come to a uh, personal i don't know what you call it it's i kind of feel like i need to absolutely stop bitching about the weather i mean it, it's too soon for one thing but nothing can compare i don't care how cold it gets here Nothing can compare to what's happening in Buffalo, New York right now. That is definitely true. I mean, it puts everything. Someone pissed someone off up there. I know, right? Time. That's where the sinners live. They have to. That's where they're congregating. Absolutely. It's all that bad attitude coming back to haunt them. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is crazy. Seven feet of snow. It's actually pretty typical, though. Buffalo always gets Seven hammered. feet of snow is not typical in Buffalo, New York, dude. Come on. 
Well, bad weather is. Bad weather? We'll give you that. Yeah. Bad weather is like slippery conditions on the <laughs> drive home today. Not dude. like seven feet. You're no, going dude, not nowhere. Not back east. You have no clue. Dude, that- I used to travel back and forth to Buffalo all the time for work, and it always happened to be in the winter. And I'll tell you, I have seen some nasty shit in Buffalo. Well, then, that explains why you don't live there anymore. So, I can't believe, Nick, you just passed up the opportunity to do one of your your famous little accents. I mean, we're talking about snowy roads. I'm going to see if I can jog your memory here without giving it away. Maybe it'll come to you. You know, there's a truck on the interstate. It's not coming back to you? <laughs> no. no. I'm on, not at going all. either. The overturned semi? Come on, man. Oh, you got freaking overturned semi on the owner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. It's really a mix of like Irish Canadian. <laughs> so let's get. We let's were get driving a- and me we me we ma- Mazda, eh? And wow. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be coming pissed around the corner, and there was a freaking overturned semi on the owner ramp, eh? Oh my god, dude! You started it, is, it. I dude. Was, it is like a Irish Canadian. Irish yeah. Canadian. Teach that. I bet you that's a first. Somebody's pissed off at you right now. <laughs> some Irish people some and Irish some Canadian like, people, but there's one Irish Canadian out there. Like, like yes! you're such a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get on with this. Let's get on with this because I, I just <laughs> you see this started going. it. I did, but I, I enjoy it, so that's all right. So who wants to go first, man? What uh, what we've been doing? What we've been up to this week? Get any flying in in this crappy weather? Deal? Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, three. <laughs> you got three flights. I'm chipping in. away at that, three. man. Three, three. One day at lunch. lunchtime flying. Yep. Oh, yeah, you posted that picture on Facebook That's with the right, Goblin 500. That's right. I did. In its, it- its, its ugly clothes. Yeah, it's the only clothes it's got, dude. Uh, no, dude, you can put a canopy on that thing. Yeah, I could, but I don't know. Why don't you? Uh, it's inconvenient at lunch. <laughs> I don't like putting Goblin canopies on. Yeah. It's not my thing. I really need like a, I need to get some like a Concord booyahs on there. You need to make just a little, little hinge device that the nose lifts up, and you can just slide that shit right in. I think I'd be okay with booyahs. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't like the, the sab, little twist, you know, canopy nuts. Eh. Always trying to get it lined up. It just never seems to. I like booyahs. You can just cram that on there. <laughs> And then and then they they get like all powdery and like the aluminum starts to wear. Have you know have you noticed that on that? And it gets hard to turn those in unless they're perfectly lined up. Yeah, I haven't. I've only put it on like once. Or you could use the Goblin style quick connect canopy deals. Not they from have, Booyah. They have that. Not from Booyah. Yeah, a lot of people complained about them on the bigger helis. I put them on my seven seventy, and they're like amazing. They're so amazing. In fact, I got two sets. 
Really? <laughs> yep. I liked it so mm. much I bought the company. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I've got, you know, I'm starting to build a a wee bit of a wish list for that thing now that I'm just kind of getting a feel for it. Hey, my motor's on the way. Oh? Yeah, finally. Huh. It's actually going to show up. It is en route. In Remind route. us, which one is it? Uh, 4020-1100. Ah, uh, yes. And I think... You excited? Yeah, yeah, heck yeah. And I think maybe when we're in, I might even just pick them up when we're in OHB, give some vendor support. Very nice. But uh, I'm going to I'm gonna pick up a set of the 516s for show. 516 Rail. rails. Rails, yep. Yeah. I'll are, get some of those while I'm there. Are you still a rail guy? I know it's been a couple of weeks. I mean, there's been time. You've had plenty of time to... <laughs> Change your mind on that. There's a special little place in hell for you, Dan. <laughs> that was awesome, Dan. That, well, that was the win of the night. I mean, well played, delivery. My perfect delivery. <laughs> well played. Yes. Are you bringing a heli to OHB, Nick? God, what, no. What's going on here, man? No. Well, tell you, here's what you do. Here's what you do. Justin's going to drop the hammer on a big golf case. Right, he's gonna have room, so you have him put in, and you make him. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, now I haven't decided to drop said hammer, but if I do, then I will reserve some room. You in will. The golf you're case. gonna. You're gonna. You're gonna get the golf case. Yes. You're gonna spend like eight hours packing it. We're gonna go over there. You're gonna spend three hours chit chatting, unpacking it, and you're gonna do one speed run. <laughs> Dude, I freaking know you so well. Yeah. Oh. You see, there was no rebuttal. Absolutely no, there, no rebuttal. You know what? There is a rebuttal. It's coming right now. Why the hell would you say that? Because it's true. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying I know how it's going to go. Why is it true? I don't just do one speed run, dude. I fly the shit out of some shit. No, I know, but you're going to get out there and you're going to be chit-chatting while you're getting it ready and that 15-minute that normal flight prep is going to turn into like five hey, dude, hours. Dude, what? I got a job to do when I go to OHB. I'm not just putzing around flying. That's my point. Here, look. I, I think time will escape you. I, I want. Let's pretend we hit rewind for just a second. And I didn't particularly like Justin, your rebuttal. So I'm going to pretend that I'm you, and we're going to pretend we just heard Nick go through that whole thing about how you're going to spend 11 hours dinking around with it, and then Nick's going to say, see, look, he knows it's true. He doesn't have a rebuttal. Here's what your rebuttal should have been. Yeah? Well, fuck you, Nick. <laughs> well, that works. Wow, Dad. I like that rebuttal. Really ramped it up on that one. <laughs> Did not see that one coming. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, dude. I think I think you should bring one, Nick. You can fly mine. I'll I'm the blade. It's going. Oh yeah, I will definitely fly that. There you go. Especially because I, uh, I know you'll to be you'll be too lazy to tune it, so it'll still have all my settings. It, it will. It actually will. Here's the deal. I told him he's going to maiden the 700X at OHB. So here's the deal. I know we're kind of talking about what you've been up to, but I just have to interject this really quickly. 
So the blade was out. I still have the box that you sent it in, right? It's sitting there right in the shop. So I got it all put together. Uh, today, I hate, <laughs> I reversed the process and disassembled it and wrapped it up the exact same way you had it. And now it's back in the box, ready to be sent to uh, OHP. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you shit. No, dude, it's it's ready to go. <laughs> oh, I mean, it worked wow. perfect. I mean, I had the perfect size. I mean, it's the it's the blade box, so it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So it's Man, ready to go. You never cease to amaze me. <laughs> So what else did you do this week, Nick? Besides, get you got a motor coming, you got three flights in. Anything else? Uh, that's about it. That's about I'm it. I'm pretty much just ready to go to OHB. Yeah, yeah. the weather here's just blown, and I'm not, I'm not feeling it. I can, I, I'm not even gonna fake it. I just haven't felt it lately. Huh. I, I, I get it completely. Yeah, we've so, been a little bit busier on the weekends, and it's been that it's been cold enough. You know where I could probably get out and fly, and if it's not raining this weekend, I will. But it, you know, it's hard. I I usually take my son out with me on Saturday to fly, but man, it's just hard. Like <laughs> purposefully, purposefully putting a a child out in that yeah, weather. Yeah, yeah. I just feel very selfish, and I, I can't. I couldn't do it to the little guy. It'll be a lot easier. In a few years when he's flying his own heli and, and he's the one egging you. Let's go, let's go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That'll be one But I get that. In today's heli market, it can be a challenge to find a retailer that stocks a variety of different brands and parts, has great customer service, and boasts fast shipping. I can tell you that Rotary Wing RC has all of this and more. Finally, I feel like I found a place where I can get everything in one order and I'm confident that I'll get the shipment quickly so that I can get back in the air next weekend. You don't believe it, huh? Trust me. Go to www.rotarywingrc.com now and check out your new go-to online heli shop. So this week... Uh, I got the no fly again, three weeks in a row. No oh, fly, man. I've been very busy and it's been very cold. I don't, but you know what? Are you ever going to fucking fly again then? So here's, here's what, here's the deal. I, something happened just this evening. The best way I can explain is I want to refer our Heart listeners twisting. and you guys to an old episode that. Still to this day, remains one of my most favorite episodes of all time. And I actually listened to that interview in that episode, talking about episode 18 uh, with Seth Killian. And Mm -hmm. I'm listening to that episode, and it's a powerful interview for those of you that have heard it. And if you haven't heard it, I'll save you some time. If you just want to hear the interview, go to 30 minutes in, and it probably lasts for about a half an hour. And, you know, I was listening to the to Seth tell his story. And then I was listening to my interjections and Rob, and it just, it reminded me. It's so, it's so easy to forget. We get so wrapped up in the crap that this hobby 
throws at us sometimes. I mean, whether it's the race to become, to learn that next move, the, the pressure a person will put on themselves to, to increase their ability or to get the next newest and best machine. I was listening to that, that interview and I'm thinking, I am not, I don't feel like I am that guy. Like something has changed. And, uh, you know, and we all kind of morph as we go through our life and change our thought processes. But there was something about the way I was listening to that. And I'm going, you know what? I, I'm, I kind of miss that. This hobby, it's not just something we do. It's what we are. And, and it's real easy to get wrapped up in the crap that surrounds the hobby and we've all experienced it, whether it's, you know, issues at your local field, issues with other people in the hobby. Plankers. It's tough sometimes to remember there are more important things than getting the next machine, the, the best machine, learning the next maneuver, but that the relationships and the bonds that you build with other folks in the hobby and that, that community if if somebody you know needs a part, you'll do everything in your power to, to help them if you can't. And I I kind of feel like I've been that part of the hobby kind of feels like it's been extinct for a short amount of time, a year maybe. But I don't feel like I I have the same outlook on the hobby as I did and that was in December of I think two years ago. I don't know, it kind of got me thinking about reassessing that. And just enjoying it, whether it's flying or not, because in the winter we can't fly, but there's many, many, many positive things that go along in this hobby that have very little to do to, with, to, with flying, but, but more to do with cultivating relationships and friendships and, and just enjoying that, that aspect of the hobby again. Don't you guys sometimes feel like, you know, especially this year has been a really busy year for us, right? And I think all of us have felt the burn because we've been so focused on doing everything we can and we enjoy it. You know, we we take great pride in what we do. But don't you guys feel sometimes that it, it would be nice to just kind of remember what the hobby is, what it means to you? And just enjoy that aspect of it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, all the time. Anyway, I really, if you guys haven't heard that interview, I don't think Seth is, I, I, I don't think he's in the hobby anymore. If he is, he's very quiet about it. He, he's just kind of doing it and not really posting. But, you know, Seth's story is very inspiring. And um, it really kind of put, it all into perspective all the bullshit that we all deal with and see daily how little how of little of importance that shit has compared to our reasons for being in the hobby and what it means to us so although i haven't been getting much flying in you know it's fun to go back and listen to these old episodes and and recapture and try to remember and then try to change my outlook, change my thought process, and get back into that aspect of the hobby that I thoroughly enjoyed. 
So that's what I've been up to. I know it just started tonight, but hey, you got to start somewhere because I just, I was talking with Antonios and we were talking about old episodes. Sometimes I get asked, you know, what was your favorite episode? And I've said it all along. That episode has always been my favorite just because of the sheer power of that interview. The audio sounds like hell. You know what I mean? It sounds like, (laughs) sounds like shit, but there's some real content in that episode. And that, I don't mean to say that what we do doesn't have real content because it does, but that was at a different level. It was at a personal level. And I think it's important to remember that kind of stuff. So I'm going to get off my soapbox because I feel like I've been preaching at you, but I'm going to stop. And I'm going to let I you I like guys... the soapbox, dude. <laughs> it is important to to just take a step back sometimes, it you is. know. It is. Sometimes you get so wound up in in anything in like you said could be learning a maneuver. Take a step back. Remember why you enjoy the hobby. And I think you it's know, a, it's important. It's important to do that because you can push and push and push and trust me, the four of us know about that. You know, we know about that and we know how it is affecting us. And as much as we love to do what we do, at some point, you know, we have to remember why we're doing it. And uh, I think it's I think it's a good lesson and I think it's a good refresher. So I love those days, man, when you get, you know, when you get sun comes out. And you, you know you head out to the field, and you get out there, and you just have that one flight, and it, it feels all you just feel like a kid again. Yeah, I mean hypothetically, you know you're out there, you pucker up a little bit, you're like wow, holy cow, this is fun. I mean, whole now I remember, <laughs> now I remember what I was here for in the beginning, but then on the flip side. I think that's a really good point, Dan. You can't, you know, like for winter flying for a lot of people is just impossible. I mean, us, it's it's borderline impossible. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of neat things in the hobby that you can enjoy. And it, it gets you, you know, it can give you a good chance to, to catch up with friends, you know, that you've kind of casually met. I mean, Geez, at the end of the day, even if I don't get to fly for three weeks, you know, whoever would have thought that, you know, like three of my best friends are guys that I see eh, four or five times a year. And I think there's a lot of people like that that have met a lot of really good friends online. You know, so just just uh, yeah, appreciate everything, you know? Absolutely. And that's and that's the thing. This time of year, especially for us in the Northwest and other northern states, it's really easy to feel like you're not involved in the hobby because you can't fly. Or, or maybe you can fly, but you just hate the cold weather. I, I hate the cold weather. I, I don't hate enjoy it. it. So, you know, we can still thoroughly enjoy the hobby, and it's okay to step back, you know, it's okay. You know the only bad part, Dan? What's that? I feel horrendously guilty for not simming this time of year. You know what? And the guilt I do not. Oh, it's, dude, the guilt see, just like succumbs it, me. It turns into this huge 
burden because it's like, well, you can't fly. You have zero excuse why you shouldn't just be simming your ass off right now so that when spring comes around, you can be like, and then bust out all this new stuff. But I, yeah, uh, but maybe that's what, I mean, maybe that's what Dan's talking about, right? You take a step back and maybe it's not so important to be able to bust out all of that shit in the spring. I know, but that was a big part of it for me though. And and that's what I, I feel like it's, it's like that diet. It's like that going to the gym or, you know, whatever. It's it's really hard to get started. Mm-hmm. But once you do, those are, that. I mean, simming and progressing, those are the fond memories for me when I started. That's what got me into the hobby was how quickly could I progress. I loved that aspect of it. So I think, you know, it's almost it's almost opposite. Maybe I, maybe my sit back and relax needs to be sit back and get on the sim and kind of forget, forget about flying portion of it. Forget about the politics and everything else. Just go back to the sim and get back in that sim zone. Well, and that's a good point because that, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's respective to an individual. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it's what you choose. I would, however, as your therapist, Nick, I would say we need to do something about this feeling of guilt. Maybe start drinking. Maybe that'll help. Yeah. <laughs> That's a therapist for you. Yeah. Wow. You know, I, I mean, the you know, it does get it. It gets depressing, especially when the winter lasts as long as it does. But I got to say, and each year it's even better this year. I'm super excited because I know it ends up going, it go, it goes by fast, right? Yes, I won't be able to fly as much. But what I can do is I can let my nerd hang out more. And I can tweak and, uh, you know, wrench on stuff on the bench. And try new stuff and play around with crap that I just didn't feel like I had the time to do during the season because I would have lost focus on whatever it was that I was working on. So do you feel pretty self-motivated on the, the like the wrenching aspect during the off season? Absolutely. Because mine shuts every down. Day, mine too. My wrenching I'm out there down. every day. I sit there, I choose a heli and I say, okay, what am I going to do now? Let's Let's fix some shit. You know, and then like I've been talking about, I've been doing testing on the motors and trying winding and, you know, it's just, it lets me just kind of do my thing and I love it. Well, that's good. You found your zen. I I think maybe you should just start drinking too. Oh, I am drinking right now, actually. Heavily. 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 Okay, yeah. well. <laughs> Maybe not. Heavily er. Heavily er. All right, that's enough of my soapbox. I just I I felt compelled. Let's just leave it at that. I mean, it's uh it was an emotion that I was kind of going through tonight. And um there will be more thought put into it as winter progresses. But that um about wraps my week up. No flying. A little bit of wrenching. Taking apart. Does that count as wrenching? It was disassembling. Put putting it back in the box, you got it. <laughs> in it's insanity. Which is just 
awesome. I should have just left it in the box and just been done with it, you know. Just left it in the box and sent it right down to OHB. We would have ridiculed you. Yeah. I mean, really, back when you actually got it, if you would have been like, nah, I'm not even going to take it out of the box. I'm going to wait till OHB. We would have been like, what? No way. (laughs) But alas, Dan has come through. I did take it out. I put it together. I should have left it in the box in hindsight. I'm okay with a little bit of being ridiculed a little bit. So, Justin. It could be worse. Yes, Dan. What the hell have you been up to? I've been flying. Don't get all mushy on me. We've already been down the I, road tonight. Yeah, I know. I uh, Let me wipe the tear away really quick. <laughs> all right. Um, I've been flying. Up until today, the weather's been good, so I've been getting out with a little chase during lunch. Got me some 10 flights this week. Damn, dude. Oh, yeah. Still digging it. Still digging the 360 chase. now. Still digging so the chase. I, I'm... I'm still digging it. I am. Did you? I did a little bit more tuning. You're not I'm that really far, getting it locked in and flying me. nice now. What? You're really not that far behind me. Where are you at, dude? 440. Oh, I'm still pretty far, but yeah, I'm not going to make up that 80 flight gap. I, you know, I don't know, man. I, I'm feeling pretty good about breaking 400. That's going to be my goal. Right. And that's what I said a couple of months back is let me try four out of 500. I, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm going to be able to make that. All right. But I, I am still feeling the chase. It's, it's a great little heli. Flies big, flies smooth. Was um, Now that I've been, been tuning a little bit more, it's, it's definitely more, what? Uh, what, calm and composed is probably a good on your Facebook Good statement page, for it, you is that the chase that little picture you have? Is it have a bunch of are the bolts the fasteners all silver? Is that the chase I was looking at? Which one? I don't know. On your Facebook page, there's a picture of a little helicopter. A little helicopter is there? Yeah, isn't there? I don't know. I posted a picture of the chase earlier this week, sitting in my front seat. Boy, this didn't go as planned. <laughs> no, had, it didn't, did it? I had a big joke set up and everything for it. Oh man. <laughs> so I guess well, why don't you go ahead with the joke? Well, it won't make and, any damn sense now, so I'm not going to do well, that. Well, you know what? We're going to we're going to try to imagine. What do you think? News Nick? Flash, Should you try it? You usually don't anyway. Oh, dude. Seriously? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Let's see. Look on Justin's Facebook and Heli with Silver Fasteners. I see the uh the fastest speed dirt on there. I don't see a yeah, the Diablo speed picture, it does have silver fasteners, Dan. Is that is that the one I was looking at? Let me take a look. That's the one you're probably looking at. Go ahead with your joke. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's it. Dude, uh, you know what? This isn't gonna work now, so I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> so <laughs> screw you. Okay. No, but seriously, I am gonna do it because look at that helicopter. It looks like it's got warts. Does it? Look at all those bumps on that thing, man. It looks like it's got impetigo or some kind of weird skin disease. What the hell is that? <laughs> I feel like I had that meal at, uh, at that meal, like at a Mongolian grill or something. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you Can I get uh, some impetigo? You want white or brown rice the, with uh, that, Nick? <laughs> with the, the side, side of, of the chicken fly lice. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that fell flat on its face. 
Thanks. It's okay. Thanks, man. It, it's horrible okay. Joke. It does have silver fasteners. It does so. look like it's got warts too, man. I'm telling you. I actually like the silver fasteners. I don't. So there. Okay. Well, sure doesn't look very fast. <laughs> it does. It, it looks pretty <laughs> slow in that form, doesn't it? Yeah. That is chicken okay. Legs. So we'll we'll move legs. on to that. That's the other thing I did this week, which was finish up the Diablo Speed. And as you can see on my Facebook page. It is in its naked form without the fuselage on it so that I can maiden it in that form. Make sure everything's, you know, tight. Nothing's rattling. There's no funkiness going on because once you put the fuse on, it's a little bit more challenging to gain access to stuff. And it's not like you can't pull it off, but it's just sort of a pain in the butt. So I hey, really I got wanted a question. To, yeah. What is up with the double... Chicken Chinese weight mod on the tail. Double whammy style. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I haven't talked to Gerd about that. Um, that's just well, how it comes. And those are not those are actually little aluminum spacers, Nick. Uh, it, yeah, in between the head, the head and the nut. Head of the screw and, and, the, and the outer portion of the grip yeah, and then the it, little lock nut. Yeah, yeah, but it, then there's the other, the little pair closer toward the tail hub. That's correct. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. interesting. I mean, hey, it. you think about it, there's no reason not to do uh, Chinese weights because of the fact that it uh, reduces the strain on the, on the servo, right? Mm -hmm. And so in speed, you want to minimize the amount of power that you're putting through to the tail anyway. Um. And so, yeah, I I don't know. Maybe What's it up makes with sense. the uh, the drywall mesh on the tail boom? Oh, that is a very custom installation that actually comes straight from the factory, by the way. And that is, it's actually so it is the drywall mesh type stuff. It's like a kind of like a clear duct tape, but underneath it is a thick padded foam, and so that's what. Uh, you know, kind of comes in contact with the inside of the fuselage on the tail boom ah. so that the tail boom doesn't rattle around inside. Because the fuse is just a, it's just a hollow piece of fiberglass, right? Kind of like my Goblin Speed one that you've seen. Yeah, There's yeah. nothing in there that, you know, mounts to the tail in any solid or structured way. Hmm. Yeah, but she's pretty much ready to go. I, you know, I do have to share one thing, though, that I, I discovered with this, and it's a, uh, it was driving me freaking crazy. So I'm going to do the final electronic setup on this. And, you know, what I usually do is I get the, the Bavarian Demon programmed on the bench, right? With the servos out of the heli using like a receiver pack. And then I put everything together, get it wired up nice and pretty, and then plug the whole power system together and run it from there. Well, I've got the Cosmic Cool on there, which is the one I've been running in the Goblin Speed, at least for this last season. And I'm running the BEC on there. First time I try to power it up, I'm like, it's not powering up. You know how all the fly barless systems do the little initialization where it sits for a few seconds and then it pops on and it jiggles the servos or, you know, does whatever it does, right? Yep. So I, I plug in the flight pack. And I see the little blinking light on the Bavarian Demon, and it does a little click. 
And now the demon, it's supposed to blink red for a few seconds. And then when it's initialized, it pops into a solid orange and then it jiggles the servos and you're ready to go. Every time it went to jiggle the servos, it would click and stop and then it would reset the sequence. And it kept doing this over and over again. Like, what the hell is the problem here? So at first I thought it was the demon. Checked out the demon on a receiver pack. No problem. Um, then I looked at the cosmic and checked it out on a multimeter and it was outputting the exact voltage that it was supposed to output on the BEC. But nonetheless, whenever I powered it up through the flight pack with the con- the cosmic BEC, the flybarless controller would not initialize. So long story short, I'm messing around with it for like an hour or two. And now I'm starting to get nervous. Like, you know, is my cosmic dead or did I kill the Bavarian demon or I, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I reflashed the cosmic a couple of times, reprogrammed it, did the same thing with the Bavarian demon. Uh, anyway, after all of this, what I figured out was and and ended up confirming it by looking online. There are a number of people that have had the same challenge. The Bavarian demon during initialization looks for a minimum input voltage of 5.5 volts. Once it's initialized, it can go as low as 3.5 without browning out. But the 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 initial setup is 5.5. Well, on the Cosmic, the way Contronic does the initialization of the BEC is no matter what voltage you've got it set at, it only starts it up at 5.6 volts and it limits the current output heavily. And so what happens is if you you can get, and I say can because this hasn't happened with my other combos, you can get a combination of cosmics and bavarian demons such that when the demon tries to initialize and tries to move the servos it draws greater than the current limit on the cosmic bec the bec output voltage tanks below 5.5 and the demon browns out and the pro the the reason why it does this is because the contronic won't initialize the bec and kick it up to full voltage full current until it receives a throttle signal and the demon doesn't pass a throttle signal until it initializes. Interesting. Well, I think that the word tank is a little extreme there because if it outputs at 5.6 and the demon wants 5.5, I mean, that's, that's basically a completely common and acceptable voltage drop for a full set of servos under initialization. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So that is the situation. And, you know, and I went back through and look. So I've got Cosmics and Demons on my TDR and on my Goblin Speed. And I flew this Cosmic with another Bavarian Demon on the Goblin Speed. Never had this issue. So what it means is, uh, unless I want to keep flipping through combinations until I find one that doesn't do it, then it's going to end up being a little more than an annoyance, which is running a buffer pack or an OptiGuard or whatever it is. And you basically jumpstart the system by powering it up on this mini 2S battery 
And then once the fly barless system's initialized, you plug in the flight pack. So I have had to do that with, um, oh man, what was it? I had to do that, I want to say like with the RJX servos or something to do with the Icon and a BEC. Same exact thing. Okay. The way that it turned on, uh, maybe it was the Scorpion. Mm, I think it might have been the 120, the 120 SBEC Scorpion ESC. Mm-hmm. It, it like had this weird delay when you plugged it in, and then the fly barless system would kind of flip out, but only sometimes. So I ended up to where I was like, ah, piss on it. And I just always initialized everything with the Scorpion backup guard. I just turned it on with that, let it initialize, then plugged in everything else. Yep. And let the And that's pretty much what I'm going to do, except for the fact that um, looking at how to wire the cosmic, Cosmic up for a buffer pack, I can just run a 2S LiPo in parallel with the BEC because there's a diode on it's diode ord on the output of the BEC so it's not going to backfeed current and blow stuff up inside the cosmic so i'm just going to like permanently mount a little 2s pack in there and have a little charge lead that i can use when i need to charge it and then run a switch in between that and the cosmic such or that and the uh ESC or the demon so I can power it up with the switch and then plug the flight pack in. And the Cosmic BEC will keep it topped off to 8 volts. So I should never have to charge it. You know, uh, I want to bring that up. This is not in the news because it's not out yet. But, um, you know how you're talking about that. So there could be some issues. Not all BECs are compatible with a buffer pack. And what that we, is correct. What we mean when we say buffer pack is basically just a battery <clears throat> um, with no other circuitry to it that you run in parallel with your BEC. Um, some BECs are okay to be backfed voltage, as in you take away the input voltage and they have internal diodes that prevent uh, the voltage from the buffer battery going back into the BEC and causing damage. Some can, some cannot. Historically, Contronic um, has been okay with a buffer pack, but like Castle uh, is absolutely not. I know that. Um, and this became a big discussion back when we had, when the high current servos came out, people were like, well, heck, I'm just going to run, a, I'm just going to put, you remember Spectrum? made those capacitors that plugged into your receiver. Yeah. Uh to to give you that extra little storage for when your when your servos let out a you know a big current draw. Mm-hmm. Well they had um the people were starting to get a little bit extreme with those to try and prevent these big amperage or not prevent the big amperage spikes, but feed the big amperage spikes. And then it was starting to cause problems. But Long story long, um, OptiPower is coming out with something to combat that for people with BECs. Did you see that, Justin? I did not. Yeah. So, um, and again, it's just some raw sketches, but it's basically going to be 
in line a device to use with your Ultra Guard to give you complete protection for ESC and back EMF on built-in BEC. It says cool. if, if your BEC fails, then the Ultra Guard gets you home by keeping the servos, fly barless system receiver working. To avoid in-flight back EMF, voltage spikes, and dip and help prevent stop brownouts and completely stop back EMF issues, uh, the BEC guard will be with us before mid-December. So that would be... I mean, again, I'm not going to try and speak for them, but if this works, this could be awesome. I mean, way awesome, because then it would basically... I mean, would it kind of almost, Justin, do you think that it would kind of almost replace, like, a the bug? I mean, why couldn't you just use a regular 2S LiPo and leave it there all the time? If I understand, I mean, it's hard to say without seeing the description, but if I understand what you're you're describing, then yes, it might be able to do that. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, we'll we'll keep on tabs with uh, what Andrew at OptiPower over there has got going on. But um, yeah, sorry for the little side tangent. No, 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 Just that's ma- good. It made me think of that. Yep. Well, no, that's uh, yeah. I I I learned something new this week with that whole experience. And actually, I'm I'm surprisingly not too aggravated about it it kind of is what it is there's not much that i can do about it but i also don't mind having to power things up with a 2s pack i mean i i don't generally um have a problem with doing that on a flight pack when i'm running a bec out of the speed controller but we all know there's a safety challenge there and with my connector system i can't run an external bec all that easily so this kind of takes me back to a little bit more safe way of doing things on the bench, which I, I do not mind. So I just love plugging in a 2S if you've and got then a, waiting and making sure. <laughs> if you've got to have a 2S battery anyway, why, why not just bypass the whole BEC? Well, okay, so good question. If it was an external BEC, Dan, I'd be on board with you. But it's coming out of the cosmic, right? So I haven't added any weight. There's and I can't get rid of it if I decide I don't want to use it. It's still long for the ride. That's true. It's not like you can buy a cosmic without one. Yeah. And I guess to counter that, Dan, I would say because in this situation, if it will function with two separate power sources, why not run two separate power sources? In the case of this, where a power system failure would be real bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like for for us, Dan, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't deal with now PCs. I'm on your page. I don't like, deal with you know, in speed, I would go all out to make sure that zero, you know, I, I would limit my failure chances to an absolute minimum. But I love my 2S batteries. I do too. And just plug that in and I'm I'm good to go. And let me rephrase that. I don't deal with BECs on helicopters. I deal with all kinds of BECs on multi-rotors. Yeah. Yeah, I I really prefer BECs. 
The only one that I don't have right now with a BEC is the 770, and I need to find a way to get away from that. Buy another Cosmic. But, yeah, that's one way. I mean, hasn't stopped you hasn't in stopped the past. Well, George has got the new 160 amp. Yes, uh, with he does. The, with the BEC, and I'm running a Scorpion 160 on there right now, so who knows, you know? Yeah. That could make sense. And that one, you know, I, I, got, I actually put a post up about that. I normally kind of, I hesitate at internal BECs, unlike you, but I've had not a single issue with the Scorpion 120 SBEC. So there you go. If, if I was, you know, going to try in the market for a big, um, for a big ESC and didn't want to fork out Contronic bucks, then I I do not think that I would hesitate at giving the the internal SBEC a shot. Mm-hmm. Hey, Kayla, would you mind uh, charging up my batteries while I pack up all my helis and other gear so we can head out to the field? I would love to, if I could figure out how to work this charger. It's so confusing. You really need to get yourself a new one. <laughs> you don't have to tell me twice. I know exactly what I'll get. I'm going to head over to revelectrics.com to order myself up a brand new dual PowerLab 8 charger. With the pre-programmable menus and the endless customization, it's extremely fast and easy to charge nearly any battery. Thank God. That's that's pretty much it, Dan. Although I'll tell you what, man, it's it's uh, it's that time of year, and you know what that is, right? Geek out. Justin's man. favorite holiday. Oh, oh my god! Let yes. me ask you before we get into it: Have you got the okay. bookmark set? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I've been doing research for at least a week now. What There's are we no talking sa- about? Are they are their sales up already? I no, mean, like, but. But hold on, look at this. Heli Direct, countdown to Black Friday. Five days, 22 hours, 58 minutes, 36 seconds. You know what? To all the people over at Heli Direct, screw you guys for feeding his obsession. Exactly. You know, here's my deal with Black Friday. You know, three years ago, I was into it. The year before that, four years ago, I missed it because I didn't really know about it. Um, three years ago, it was fantastic. Two years ago, it was mm, a year ago. It sucked ass. They have, they're not doing, you think the, it's getting worse yeah, it's each just, year. Is it, that what you're saying? It's more hype than actual 90% off this model. All right. There's one model. You know what I mean? 60% off this particular motor. Well, there's only one motor in stock. You know what I mean? I mean, do you guys yeah. remember back when you could get for free uh, all the parts to build a like a Curtis Youngblood 450 rave, right? Mm-hmm. For free. Yeah, but see, you're you're missing the point here. Whether or not I buy anything, it's the thrill of the hunt. <laughs> it's just like the the for sale forums dude i'm on there multiple times daily i have no, i don't know that there's anything i need or want to buy but you never know imagine an alternate universe justin where you were addicted to the home shopping network yes <laughs> qvc 
<laughs> yeah, it, it, this is. This is like the pinnacle of QVC-ness for Justin. Yeah. He'd just be watching I that don't channel. wear jewelry, but I've got to have oh it. Oh, my God, that's such a good deal. I need three of them. <laughs> I do I do agree with You'll you, You'll be having that, juicers you know, showing up and, and uh, knitting machines and lamps. Oh, yeah. The last couple of years have... Been, maybe decreased in general yes, but they have who knows so I mean, what, hey i got the i got the goblin 770 last year for for uh black friday remember so what what's on your are you looking for it have you made a list yet of what you want uh you know, I, I've got some stuff that i need like little bits and pieces you know i i mean i'll take the opportunity to get you know, some connectors and miscellaneous crap that I was going to get anyway. But hey, if it's at a discount, I might as well take advantage of it. Hey, I might... did you get that email? Which one? Yeah, uh, the email from Bob Vila. He said he wants his freaking toolbox ba- toolbox back, and for you to go buy a charging case. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, Dan likes my toolbox. What? How did I get brought into this? What? When did I that, say I true. liked your toolbox? That was a friendly. I you think have it's always great. liked my toolbox. No. Yes, you have. You even said so. I like how he's telling you, you how you peddling, dude. No, I'm not. I just you absolutely are. I didn't have the heart to look at you and say that's silly, dude. That's silly. oh, what a liar. And no, I'm not going to use. I'm not going to use my Black Friday to get a freaking toolbox. Here's the deal: your toolbox weighs like 900 case. pounds. Your, it does. It does. So, you got, you know which one I liked the best that you don't. I don't think you use anymore. Maybe you do. What? Um. So let's clarify. You're talking about the red one, right? You're. That's yeah, the one, the one with the power right. supplies bolted to the outside. That's not the one. The one that you had that I really liked was the one maybe two years ago that you'd open it in the middle like a big fishing box, right? Except it was huge. Remember that one? Yep. That's the one yes, I Yes, I think. That's the one I liked. Is that sarcastic? No, I liked like? it. I did like it. Huh. It just, everything was right there. It was really... You know, it wasn't high. It was nice and you could sit right next to it and it was perfect height. Dude, it was awesome. But now you got the red monstrosity. I do have the red monstrosity and I like it. Well, that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> so there. Why did we but go? But you're away? not, you don't have a shopping list already. Why don't I, you buy I, me an 800? No, I'm not going to buy you an 800. Come on. You need to buy yourself an 800. Thrill of the hunt, right? Thrill, yeah, you might find two. Yeah, you but might find I, it's two only thrilling to me if it's two. something that I want. I've got an 800. Well, Nick and I don't have 800s. I think it's only fair that we do. It could be. Okay, how about this? What about what about a three-bladed head? I don't want a, yeah. th- I don't want a three-bladed head. I do. I don't. What about um, a 5.8 gigahertz FPV system? Uh, I'll take one of those. Mm. Yeah. No. Now you have my attention. I want I want to build a crappy little two fifty millimeter quad so that I can race around with them during the winter. Get get a oh, design. We're gonna made, come man. down there and race. I'm gonna whoop your ass, dude. Seriously, 
Jesse got me thinking the last last episode when we talked about that, and he's like, dude, then we could just sit in the car and and race in the heat, in the warmth. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, you're right. We could make this happen. <laughs> yes, we could. And for very little money. I've got everything I need to build one right here. Send me your design, and I'll cut them out for you. Yeah. And then you and Nick can have a competition on who comes up with the coolest design. Mmm. Yeah, but that's not fair. Because I'm, I, I don't, I, I'm not talented enough to draw. You'll get a design, but it's gonna be on a napkin. That's fine. I can deal with that. Okay. Does it have a napkin slot on your CNC machine? It's got a napkin. <laughs> you just I've got feed napkin. that shit in like a dollar bill in a snack <laughs> that's machine. Right. It's got napkin <laughs> fixtures in there. Yeah. Oh, that's rad. Uh, no, I think that's gonna be fun. I actually am thinking about doing something myself with, with that. Yeah, see? Yeah. Well, I want an 800. I do, too. Do you really, dude? I do, yeah. too. Why? Still. Why? What do you mean, why? The guy who has an when you go out and you're like, oh, my God, I love my 770. <laughs> oh, my God, I love flying it. <laughs> it's my favorite helicopter to 3D ever. And then you ask us why. <laughs> yeah. Why would you want one? Because you guys <laughs> never listen to me. <laughs> what? So you, I figured you're just going to do your fair. own shit. Nick, I you, feel like that's actually a fair oh, rebuttal. No, I feel like he's feel. I think you're feeling sorry for yourself. We oh, I, think I he's don't trying feel to sorry for myself. Hoard dude. it. He's trying to hoard the 800 goodness. Yeah. <laughs> this is the best machine ever. Why would you want one? <laughs> yeah. It's like this chocolate cake sucks. You don't want a piece. It's the best yeah. chocolate cake I've ever had. Anyway. Which 800 do you want? Nick? I don't know. I don't really care. I just want. I, I'll take the Align. I'd probably fly. Uh, yeah, I'd probably fly an Align eight hundred. I wouldn't have a problem with that. There you go. There you go. He says. <laughs> well, I guarantee you, Align shit will be on sale for Black Friday. Yeah, it should be. Well, interesting. Black Keep Friday. Keep an eye out. So here's here's what I, here's here's what I'd like to see happen. I'm not going to, I mean, I don't give a shit to be honest with you anymore. I'm done. I mean, I, last year I gave up on Black Friday, but so of our listeners. The poor I mean, attitude, Dan. I know. It's, it's horrible, right? I didn't get what I wanted, so I left. I said, screw it's you like, guys. Made like a little kid. <laughs> Just said, screw Told everyone to piss off. That's right. If I remember correctly, you didn't get what you wanted last year because you were too big of a pussy to pull the trigger on it. But it paid off if you remember right. No, I don't remember you do. no, I don't. Really anything, actually. Oh, come on now. All right, so let's refresh. It was the rush, remember? I do remember $600 that. $600 for Black mm-hmm. Friday, right? Mm-hmm. And what did I get it for three weeks later? Oh, that's right. How much? I don't remember. Yep. Oh. So screw you. Uh-huh. Screw you guys. Screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, uh, you know, I, I just. But I wish that I could afford to crash a Logo 800. Yeah. You can. Once. Uh, <laughs> once? Can just don't once. crash it, Nick. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Then you better not build it. You don't it. crash a you lot. You better not build it if you're not going to crash it. No, I don't. That's fair. But when you do it, it's spectacular. That is true. 
So, but back to what I was getting to, getting at before you guys started giving me shit about the whole Black Friday Everything. Thing. So our listeners out there, some of you guys are really into this. So as as it progresses and, you know, you get through and you come up with some fantastic deals, let us know. Justin wants to know what he missed out on, what you beat him to. That's yes. Cool. There we go. Please. What time are they? See, are they going to start it at the really gay yeah. times? Yeah. It always does. I know. What does that mean? Middle of midnight? Well, it's like, no, it, it seems like they never started at midnight anymore. It's like you're sitting in the middle of Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, and, I see, right? Yeah. Some yeah, that, that is so inappropriate. I feel I motion to boycott. Well, you can write an executive order. Any manufacturer or website. Oh, God. I feel like I might lose some sponsors. We're like we might lose some sponsors. Anyone that does this, I refuse to shop before midnight. Let it be written. Let it be done. You're just sour because you're not going to get a damn 800. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's still fun to hunt, dude. I would be just as happy scoring like, uh, you know, Blade. a V bar for like forty percent off, dude. I'd be super pumped. So oh, no, yeah, it, there you go. So there you go, dude. It, I know, but I, I'm just saying that it's gonna be at midnight, and anyone before that can piss off. Why? Because it's rude. I think it's disrespectful. This whole it's not Black Friday anymore. It's like Mav Tuesday is when it starts. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude! Oh, that's what it was. You fun. just looked for shit to whine about. No, it was <laughs> it was fun when it all. I have a deep seated hatred for Black Friday because it's not it's Black, not Friday, Black anymore. Friday anymore. It was awesome when it was Black Friday when you had like lines all up everywhere, and and it started at midnight. You know and you mean? couldn't get what you wanted because the website crashed. And that's they were all okay sold out in 30 seconds. And people were throwing elbows in the stores. and That's what made it cool. Now, you know why it sucked? I'll tell you why it sucked. Because that quit happening. Now it's like, ooh, well, they're going to stop. Ooh, we're going to be at 11. Oh, well, they're going to be at 11. We'll be ready at 1030 and it's this strewn out dribbling of sales here and there rather than the one big hustle and bustle you know know what i think justin what what i think nick forgot to take his might all today (laughs) i think so (laughs) i agree dude i you know what i think his uterus hurts (laughs) i I I feel like there's people that are with me. <laughs> Even if it is all of my personalities, I don't care. We're all together on this one. <laughs> the meeting has adjourned. You've come to a consensus. Yeah. Uh, well, I just think it's dumb the way it's done now. We'll have to I see how it goes. I appreciate that. It, it might uh I there are a few things that I I will look for, but I'm not I'm not going to pay attention. I'm going to go to my computer at midnight and I'm going to look and if I don't find anything within 10 minutes, I'm going to give up. Blades. I think that's fair. Blades. 
can always there use you go blades. blades okay um that kind of stuff you know uh batteries if i happen across the sale mm-hmm. but i'm not i'm not going to invest a great deal of effort into black friday i will look at midnight and if i see something great if not then no harm no foul but i'm going to try to find some compass blades still digging the compass blades not wrong with that so Good. maybe we should uh quickly go into some news do we have any news this uh this evening yeah we got a little bit precision speed torque and power we'd expect nothing less out of a servo put on the market by a guy that pushes his equipment to the absolute limits flight after flight if they're good enough for Bert, then they're good enough for me. BK Servos. Keeping my heli feeling connected. www.bkservo.com Alrighty guys, this week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What do we got for news? So, Align has launched a new website. And... I gotta say, it's pretty nice. I think they did a pretty darn good job. I can actually read everything on there. They have an English version. <laughs> is, it, is it translated properly? Yeah. Well, we're are there get any to happy that endings? In we're <laughs> shapely frame stiffers. <laughs> we're we're gonna get to that. No, but so they've got a you know just a whole new kind of revamped website. With all the heli stuff, the multi-rotor stuff, uh, photography, all the downloads and everything there. So if you're looking for something, uh, you know, manuals, all that, head on over. Check that one out. Uh, It's a pretty cool deal. Not complaining there. Uh, Let's see. And with that, they are now launching the new T-Rex 600L Dominator. Ooh. Dominator. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm i not, personally, I'm not trying to downplay it, but it's not, it doesn't particularly do anything for me. I think the 600. What is the, what's the, what's the new and improved bit about it? Well, uh, according to them, okay, you ready for this? <laughs> got Dominator stamped on the swatch. <laughs> Here we go. This new T-Rex 600L Dominator is especially equipped with a G-Pro flybarless system, Edge HV80 electronic speed controller, and a highly efficient BL815-855 servos. You ready for this? Which can efficiently keep Heli's power and well cooperation with new side frame under amazing flight control. That is sweet. <laughs> Yeah. Also, can you translate that for me? I, I, with intelligent design. Oh, now it all makes sense. Really? Yeah. Please find more detail features. <laughs> Are they asking us? Oh, oh! Please find more detail features with the attached. Attached. I love it, reading these. I mean, it does have shapely frame stiffers. Do you see them? Okay, so 
There's one thing, you know, um, I'm glad that they actually brought this up because I had forgotten about this. There was a thread, I don't remember if it was on Run Rider or Heli Freak, that was like, so what's the big beef with a line? And, you know, I read through that, and I think it's pretty fair to say, or why do they get such a bad rap these days? It was something to that effect. You know, I mean, why do they? The models, all in all, in the grand scheme of things, almost all of their models that they have out now are really freaking good helicopters. Oh, dude, I have no beef with a line. But so what is it that just, I mean, are I they- think it's because a lot of people get, I think a lot of people want their special shiny you know, cult classic sort of now, deal. And a I look at them that. now. They're they're not appealing to me now for reasons that they never used to not be. Uh, I mean, you look at these. Uh, Can I mean, you say that sentence again? I have no idea what the hell you just tried to say. No, because I don't think that it made sense. <laughs> <laughs> and mocking me once is enough. So, okay, for the reasons that I that I'm not drawn to it now um, never would have crossed my mind before. How about that? I look at them now, and they just look really heavy. I mean, they're bling, but they're they've, they're almost excessively blinged now to me. Everything's friggin' aluminum that they could possibly make aluminum. And they're not light models. And that is the that's my personal deterrent to them. Is I've just I've really come to to like the simplistic, you know, minimal. Give me some weak links, some places to break, and they seem to they crash like they're they they're pretty fierce the way they crash now. Uh, I mean, the I'll, only the only reason, I mean, for for the record, I would still own one. If oh, absolutely. That's what I. You know, if that's the size range that I wanted to do, uh, I think they're great deals. I mean, this 600L is twelve ninety nine, so thirteen hundred bucks. All you got to do is put a receiver on it and a battery, and you're ready to fly. Um, I mean, they still can't be beat in terms of entry price for the kits, but mm-hmm. their parts prices have creeped up over the years. They're yeah, still they not expensive expensive like some of the other brands but they're not super cheap anymore i'd say their parts prices are actually pretty much on par with everything else now yeah i I would say in general lines i mean the parts i mean i haven't looked at aligned parts prices and well i mean i owned an align as recently as what three months ago they're not cheap to crash they're not cheap to fix and the designs are more, the design is more now geared toward, like, flight performance. I mean, they're stiff as hell everywhere. Oh, yeah. Stiff as hell. It's got braces, stiffers. This is twice as thick as it needs to be, the whole deal, which is really cool until you crash because it, get, it goes somewhere. I mean, keep in mind. My 700 DFC, I stripped out all four MKS servos. Yeah, that's 
That's pretty rough, man. That's wicked. I mean, wicked. So, you know, could that be prevented? Yes, with some different arms and, you know, stuff like that. But there's, there, uh, there's not, they don't build very many weak links into them. I think there are a lot of align haters because it's the big corporate thing now, right? Yeah. It's not one of the, it's not one of the hometown heroes, that sort of a thing. They, there's no, there's no personality behind the brand that they can latch on to and say, hey, you know, so-and-so, Mr. John Doe, I, I shook his hand and he's a nice guy and he designs great helicopters. Uh, I, I mean, it's the same reason why I think in the multi-rotor world, there's quite a bit of hatred for DJI. I mean, you can't, you cannot, both of those companies, to me, put out amazing product and you can't fault them for any of the designs that they're coming up with they may not be the most optimized or the most efficient but damn it they get the job done and they do so pretty much cheaper than anything else out there yeah you did not just compare dji to the line absolutely i I sure as hell did 100 percent fair how i mean the only similarity is the corporate anonymous nature of a line in DJI. Okay, so what if you had to pick one company? What one company put multi rotors on the map? But there's a, the difference being DJI is premium in price. A line is not. I, I'm not okay. So hold on. Let, let this. There's there's interesting territory here. I'm not talking about price myself. You say it's premium in price, Dan, but the thing is that, you know, we talked about like the Inspire, right? For what you get, that's a ready-to-run system. And and at 23 or 2800 or 3300 for a ready-to-run 4K video. Okay, so that's a new that's a new thing, right? Let's look at flight controllers. Okay. $1600 for an A2. Sixteen hundred dollars, and that doesn't. Yeah, even I'm not what talking. Are you comparing it to uh, a two hundred dollar Peacock. Yeah, but you got to program the damn thing. You got to program an A two as well. No, no, I'm, I'm talking, talking about overall like open source program. Right. I, I mean, See, that's I, a whole different. thing. I get than where you're coming what from, but about. you know, a line. People have always. I remember. There was always the who's Mr. A, right? Who is Mr. A? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I guess my point is a line like DJI does not sell modelers products. They are products for those who don't have the time or the inclination to tweak with stuff. So you buy it, you pull it out of the box, you bind it, and you're pretty much ready to fly. Price aside, a, a, a Pickhawk is more of a modeler's controller than a NASA or an A2 or a Wukong. Just like a, you know, choose any brand, quite frankly, compared to a line in the pod and boom, and you've got a similar situation, right? That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. I mean, if, if you were to say, what's one name that put multi-rotor, multi-rotors on the map? It's DJI. Now, for the record, Dan, 
uh, I personally believe DJI is even a step ahead of a line in terms of the marketing and the innovation, and they don't have shapely frame stiffers. <laughs> they actually yeah. run it through like a pretty decent translator, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, and not I'm not talking like the leading stuff. I'm talking the the stuff that made the made multi rotors popular. And that's the Phantom. Period. You can say what you want about all these other cool things, but that's what has probably sold the most out of anything is the Phantom. Well, my god, the Phantom reminds me exactly of what of uh, it's the multi rotor version of a T-Rex. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. And there are differences, you know, like there's actually people with DJI, but I don't know. I uh, My biggest beef with the line stuff now, I mean, as of right now, I just think they're ugly. Like they put all this, I mean, geez, the battery tray systems, all that stuff is just awesome. The quality is great. But somewhere along the lines, they really lost a lot of wow factor on the looks. Yeah, I I think they look about the same. Well, that's my point. They look about the same. Okay, fair point. I just don't do it for me. (laughs) Anyway. Whatever floats your boat. That's right. Uh, Moving along in the news, I have... Okay, now this is cool. This is the epitome of cool. You guys know that little SAB pilot, uh, Justin Cook? Well, his dad, John Cook, uh, they're going to be traveling to the OHB. And they got together and decided to do something just absolutely awesome. So Justin flies for BK Servos. And they had, like, the sickest of sick Goblin 500 canopy and boom set done in the BK Servos theme. I don't know if you guys have seen that. It's kind of dark blue and silver. Oh, (laughs) absolutely. Yep. Beautiful. So they have decided, uh, John made an announcement and just kind of said, hey, because you know what? All of our sponsors have been so good to us, and everyone has just been so generous and you know welcoming to to Justin and myself. Um, they are going to be auctioning off that canopy boom and fin set, so that whole matching set, which is just beautiful. They're going to be auctioning that off at the OHB, and all of the proceeds are going to go to the Ronald McDonald Fund. Oh, nice. And then, if that wasn't just cool enough, um, Bert and Susie said, well, hey, if you're going to do that, we would absolutely love to throw in a set of BK servos to go along with it. So now it is like this ultimate Goblin BK servos package deal that they're going to be auctioning off. And, uh, again, all of the proceeds for that are going to go to the Ronald McDonald Fund. So, you know, John, Justin, uh, Bert, Susie, absolutely awesome. I think it's just, it's great. 
I have a huge soft spot for the Ronald McDonald Fund and what they do for families, um, you know, during the time of need. So uh, if you are going to OHP, I think John had mentioned they were going to do something else a little bit later after OHB, possibly uh, for an additional item. I don't know that for sure. But for now, this is going to be only there. Uh, five. Uh, it'll be at 5 p.m. during or right after the raffles. So if you're going to OHB, uh, hey, man, put in, you know, put in a bid. You never know. Uh, goes to a good cause. That's for sure. That's freaking cool, dude. Yeah, it is. We need more stuff like that. Let's see here. Well, let's let's do this one first. So there is a dude by the name of, let's see if I can say his name correctly, Sebastia Sarah Montes. And I believe that this guy is from Teen Compass. Yes, he's from Teen Compass, confirmed. And they have a video of him flying the new Chrono 700. Now, he's this the guy. Vi- He's the guy, yeah. He yeah, he took Jesse's. That's why Jesse doesn't have one. <laughs> um now I like this video for a couple of reasons. One, because I really enjoy this dude's flight style. It's a mix of good 3D and good old fashioned fast big air. And and I I really appreciate that. It's not all the same smack stuff that we typically see. But what's really cool about it other than that and the machine is that he's flying against like a dark, almost like storm cloud background. Have you guys watched this one that yet? That is I have black. Not, I have not. Isn't I that mean, awesome, dude? Black clouds. Yeah. We can relate to those. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just, and the lighting like in the foreground is just very, it's very unique. It almost looked simulator-like to me for the first it couple does. of seconds. Yeah. Wow. But, yeah, check it out. I uh, This looks like a great heli. I mean, we did see, I think, some of the prototypes at Urcha. They looked and sounded great. I haven't been able to get up close and personal with it yet, but I'm definitely going to be interested in checking it out when Jesse gets his. If. If Jesse gets his. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sorry. We're, we're now at the if point. All right, this is the one that many people have been waiting for, except for Dan. And that (laughs) many people except for Dan. That's right. SAB has officially announced the release of the Goblin 380, which is going to be in mid-December. I think it's December 19th officially. And they've also announced the price and the color options. So they are going to be selling the Goblin 380 kit only for $395 US. And it comes in two different color options. The first one is like a red and black carbon fiber looking color. And then the second one is the standard Goblin like hot yellow, like neon fluorescent yellow with a blue windscreen. Both of them look really freaking cool. I, I'm not sure which one I like better, but if I were to pull the trigger, I'd probably get the yellow and blue one because I, I really like that color combination. Now, it, when you click on this news article, you'll be able to see all of the different specs. And I, I'll i be honest, I was pretty impressed with this because I thought this guy was going to be a big fatty. And it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Um, 
So obviously we know it's running 380 millimeter blades. It's going to be running 70 millimeter tail blades, eight millimeter shaft for the main main shaft, five millimeter tail shaft weight, including electronics, except for the batteries is only 1075 grams. Now, if you go and look at what they're suggesting for batteries, they're talking about anywhere between a 1500 and a 2600, 2600 sounds a little big, but they're, they're recommending for the perfect setup in 1800 milliamp hour six S pack. And those are probably, you know, 250 to 300 grams. So you're looking at this thing coming in at under 1.4 kilograms. And when you do the disc loading math on that, it's not as far off as I would have expected it to be from like the warp and the chase. My chase all up with 1400 packs in it is weighing in at uh, 1.15 kilograms. So about little over a half a pound lighter, but it's running 360 millimeter blades. And that extra 20 millimeters is going to make a big difference. Uh, you can pre-order them uh, at all of the standard SAB dealers. So HeliDirect's got a pre-order going. I heard that it's going to be limited quantity. And in fact, I don't know, maybe by the time you hear this, even if you do put your pre-order in, you may still already be kicked off to the to the second batch. But if I know SAB, they probably did their homework on this and they've got a large number coming. So I I hope people don't have to wait too long. To go along with that, and then and then I want to want to see what you guys think. Uh, Zeal Blades has announced the Zeal Energy series. And uh, and basically what they're doing is they've taken a bunch of feedback from team pilots and customers, and they are releasing a new uh, blade series that has much more aggressive graphics on it. And I actually think it's pretty freaking cool. It's an all white bottom. And then it's got kind of like these uh, these stripes or claw marks, kind of like the monster energy drink look across the top. And of course, in the article that I'm linking, it's got a set of 380s specific for the for the Goblin 380. Those are going to be released actually at the OHB uh, oh, nice. in a couple of weeks. So if they say come by and test these out at our booth. But, you know, what? what's impressive to me, going back to the 380 guys, and I don't know how much you've been following this, but all of the big manufacturers have been making stuff just for this heli. You got blade manufacturers coming out with 380 millimeter blades that can't be flown on the warp and the chase in their current form, only for the Goblin. You got X-Nova, Scorpion, and Contronic coming out with motors specifically for this heli. That's pretty damn impressive. Oh, yeah. But uh, what did I hear? Didn't I hear something that like uh, KDS was going to come out with a little mini stretch kit for the chase so that you can run 380s now? I heard that because that's gonna that'll change the disc loading big time. That would be awesome if they do that. Absolutely, yeah. So, I, I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe the other brands are like the Warp and the and the Chase will follow suit and try to bump it up to 380. Hey but, Dan. You know, Goblin. The last time something this big hit the market, I think, was the Goblin 500, and they did the same thing there. 
So when are you going to order yours, Dan? Psh, never. <laughs> never? I don't like small helicopters. Yeah. I, I hear it flies pretty big, dude. Yeah. I got your flying I, pretty big right here, pal. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> when I'm going to fly something big, I'll fly a 700. Well, I'm going to hold off on this one because I've got the chase, and i got to see whether that size of heli even makes sense for me in the long run. But I'm, if it does, you know, who knows? How about this? I could, like, I've got no beef with the 500. I actually really enjoy the Goblin 500, and I can see keeping a heli that size. Um, But I would not be surprised if... Like the Goblin 380 replaced it. How about oh, that? Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I feel it would be, uh, I would be perfectly fine um, with either one. Well, there you go. Get your pre-order in. Probably not. No, I'll let all the, Dan, what's your famous line that you always say? Let all the uh, pioneers take the arrows. Yep. That's that's not mine. That's John Johnson's, but. I'll take credit. For oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, thanks. Thanks, Pinion. Taking the Pinion approach. <laughs> so that was it for news? That's it. All right, guys. This week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. Just when you thought that the guys at Soco Heli Tools had pushed setup methodology to the absolute state of the art, they come out with yet another innovation. In combination with their Soco Helical, which fits all sizes and all brands of helis, they've recently announced the Soco Heli Tools mobile app. This app greatly simplifies your setup by completely eliminating the need for a level working surface or main shaft. Available in stores soon for Android and Apple devices, this new mobile software will do everything that your original Soco kit did but with the added benefit of all measurements, calculations, and directions in one easy-to-use app. When you're ready to kick it up a notch with your heli setup, visit the SoCo team at www.soco-heli-tools.com and check it out. SoCo Heli Tools, next generation setup. We got a big surprise for you guys. Bert Cameron, Carrie Shirley. What do you think of that? That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> As always. So what we're going to do is we're going to play this interview for you. Uh, of course, it's uh, the big before OHB interview. Looking forward to going down there and hanging out with those guys. So we'll go ahead and play that. We'll be right back. Hey guys, we have with us Bert and Carrie from Florida, sunny Florida. What's up, guys? Nothing much. How you doing, guys? We we had we had eighty plus degrees today. Shut up. Oh had, no. come on, man. Ah. <laughs> we did. It was like eighty four, I think, by my house. And really, I, like summer, like muggy, a couple of clouds in the sky. They were we were supposed to get rain, but never rained around here. It was just very hot. Like I just got back from the flying field. It was in the 30s, raining, and my fingers were numb after I was done. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> See, we could have traded. We could have traded places because I stay home all day. 
So you oh, can, yeah. dude. <laughs> <laughs> that stings, Bert. Uh, so I went by the uh, flying field today. It was packed with people out flying, having a good time. And, well, you, uh, did, you did go, Carrie? <clears throat> I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I went, yeah, I went by there to check some supplies. And they were all wearing shorts and T-shirts and all that good jazz, right? Absolutely. And their winter flip-flops. We've been told you guys. Yeah, the winter gear. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys feel so like I'm sitting in my back porch right now um, with shorts and a T-shirt? And it's perfect outside. And it's I actually hate- a little bit on the warm side. I'm getting ready to go back inside into the air conditioning. And I hate you for that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he just keeps pouring it on you know it doesn't stop i've got air conditioning right outside hey it, you guys should consider moving to a place where you can actually live um you know all year long you know It'd be fun <laughs> actually get out and, and fly occasionally in the winter time is that is that what you're alluding to yep yep but you know what it's uh i i have no idea how some of you guys can live, uh, and, and especially you, Dan. I mean, I, I, yeah, I have absolutely no clue how you can survive there. No idea. Oh, you mean the minus 20? You don't, you're not feeling it? Yeah, I was in Montana one time. I think it was like March or maybe February. And I, I I'm glad I was only there for like three days. <laughs> <laughs> and you were in Billings too, right? The armpit of Montana. Yeah, yeah, but it was miserable. It was so freaking cold. It was ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. It, it By the way, way, Dan, we do have sheep here, if that's relevant. Oh, <laughs> wow. I see I see where this is going. I like how this, <laughs> this is going. This is starting off good. This is starting this off is well. Good. I was fully prepared to be completely gentleman-like and everything, Gary. But well, I, well, you know what <laughs> happened? I think what happened, Dan, is when we were screwing around with sound checks, Bert and Carrie were on the phone putting together some one liner. <laughs> <laughs> have a list going. All right, guys, so let's get down to business. Cause we don't, uh, because of the, uh, audio technical difficulties we were having, we kind of lost a little bit of time. So, uh, most of our listeners are aware, uh, Burton carry, uh, and a bunch of other guys down there in Florida at torches club. They do the OHP, the Orlando heli blowout, which, uh, we as RC heli nation are very excited, very excited to go down to some nice weather and get some flying in. So who wants to go first? I know we've had Bert on before and Carrie as well, but we've talked about OHB before, but let's do a little brief, very brief history and how it got started and how many years you've been doing it and all that good stuff. It started in 2008, which reminds me that um, last year I kept saying that this was the fifth edition and it was actually the sixth. It, yeah, it started in 2008 um, and it was the original the, one of the guys, we had a club president at the time. His name was uh, is Alex Oxit. He's out of the hobby right now, but kind of, I think. But he hasn't been around for a while. But he was our club president back in those days. And he kept pushing for an event. He wanted to do an event. And we should do an event. We should do an event. So we kind of looked at it. And, uh, um, you know, obviously, they wanted to do the event. And in the end, it kind of ended up being Carrie and I who actually put the event together. And uh, obviously, with the help of torches, we we can't take that. You know, we we can't uh, go on without you know saying that torches as a club has been instrumental to making this happen. Of course, but we we made it. Uh, we we started our we did our f- first event in 2008 at a place called at a, a, a club called RCACF. Basically, we we didn't have the 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 infrastructure and the permits the permission from the city. Um, 
to do the event at the club were, you know, at our own club back in those days. So we approached these guys from RCACF, uh, stands for Remote Control Association Central Florida. Um, it's a really big club, hundreds of members. They're only about three miles away from our, our club. And we basically asked them if they, if, if they would let us do the event at their location. And they historically, um, they were very famous for running events throughout the month of December because uh, being a uh, predominantly uh, an airplane uh, field, they had what they called the tangerine um, events. Uh, you know, they had a, a pylon event one weekend and they had a, uh, I think, a pattern or, you know, uh, precision flying event another weekend. And so when we proposed to do the event, they, they said, this is great. We're going to have helicopters, you know, another weekend and it's going to complement their series of events. So we did it there and it was it was very successful to to be. I, I guess you could say first first year event, uh, relatively unknown, you know, kind of like almost last minute preparation that first year. We brought in, I believe, Kerry, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think over 120 pilots for the first yeah. year. Yeah, that's right. right. And uh, so, I mean, we were really happy with it. We really didn't have much time to prepare the event. Again, you know, we started preparations that, for that first event probably sometime in September, October. And yet we had a decent attendance and everybody really liked it. Um, the field at the time was really nice because it has like a backdrop, basically has like a paved runway. And then behind that runway has like a, like a drop. Like basically it, it goes down about 50 or 80 feet. So pilots loved it. You know, they played around in the, in the hole, I guess you could say, make the helicopter disappear. Mm -hmm. It was just really cool. And, uh, we, you know, we obviously, we saw that it was successful and it had potential. So we decided to do it again and again and again. And then, um, I would say by the second year, um, 2009, we noticed that the field was, wasn't cutting it. I mean, the field was really nice, but the, the, the amount of room that we had, um, for parking, especially, uh, was, was really tight. So we started trying to figure out ways to move it to our own, our own field. And, uh, thanks to our club president back in the day, this is another guy, his name is James Estola. And of course, Gary, um, they were instrumental in, in convincing the city of winter garden, to let us do the event at our, at our existing location. So we moved the event in 2011, I think it was, Gary. Am I right? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did um, We did it at the other field, 8, 9, and 10, and then 11, we moved it to our own field. And now we had, um, I, guess, I guess you could say the flight line itself, like the flying area was not as cool just because it didn't have that nice backdrop, but we had a lot more room um, for parking for vendors. Mm -hmm. Um, so at that point, um, it, it was, I don't know what happened, but it's like, it almost seems like somebody just flipped the switch and, you know, we went from 120, 100, between 120 and 150 pilots the first three years to all of a sudden over 250 pilots, um, in 2011. And, uh, and, and it's been, it's been hovering around the 300 pilot mark the last couple of years. And, and this year we've had an incredible amount of <clears throat> vendor support to where historically the last three years we've been, um, you know, it, it got so busy that we, we eventually, we just couldn't do it the old fashioned way 
to where we told sponsors, sure, you just show up and give us a donation or whatever you want and be a part of the event. It got to that point where it just, we had such an overwhelming demand for, for, uh, from companies wanting to sponsor the event that we had to come up with sponsorship levels and everything else. And, and now the event is literally like a mini version of Urcha. You know, it's uh, obviously you really can't compare it to Urcha, Urcha being such a huge place and, and so many, so many sponsors, but, but the format is very similar. You know, we have um, a vendor row um, that it's obviously a lot smaller, but it's kind of similar in layout. Um, and uh, we had noon demos and we have a center stage station reserved for, for sponsors and, and their pilots. And yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's been incredible how it's been growing year after year. And Carrie uh, and I are really stoked because we never imagined that it would get to where it is right now, for sure. So tell me, how many members does Torches have? And, and, and out of that membership, I'm assuming a lot of them are volunteers for this event. That's a question for you, Carrie, for sure. Yeah, right now we're hovering around uh, 85, 90 members. And, you know, like most clubs, we get pretty good participation um, like most clubs, some people never come to the flying field and, you know, some portion of the membership is there every day. Um, we certainly get more than enough people to help us run it. Uh, everyone is incredibly supportive and, you know, the club benefits financially from it. Uh, so it works to their advantage, but, um, you know, it's put the club on the map per se. We're just a, you know, club in Florida, but it hosts this giant event that's second in size only to the Jamboree, at least here in the United States. So people have heard of torches that may not have uh, otherwise heard of it because uh, we, we have people attending from literally all over the world. Right. And for those of you on the West Coast, the Jamboree, that's, uh, that's Urcha. That's, that's what we call Urcha over here. Yeah, I, I know. Urcha <laughs> slash Jamboree. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it is what? technically it is technically indeed the jamboree because Urcha is just the logic and reason will but get yeah. you nowhere. It's Urcha. We call it Urcha. Yeah. It's Urcha. It's Urcha, man. Dan and I go back and forth about this all the time. We'll just settle it once and for all. We'll call it Urcha. How's that sound, Kerry? That sound like a deal? <laughs> the Urcha call jamboree. It, <laughs> call it whatever you want, man. Just, just don't spell its name wrong. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm lost here. Who did that? <laughs> that was uh, that's Carrie's that's Carrie's slogan. Call me whatever you want, just don't spell my name wrong. That's right. Yeah. You know, we've managed somehow uh, to to create an event that yeah, we we get an occasional complaint from people that say, well, it's too commercial now, it's this and that. But you know what? Inevitably, as an event starts to grow, it has to, it has to have some kind of, uh, you know, structure. Um, we, we have, uh, for example, so many sponsors, and, and they want to contribute, and, and that's, that's great. But, you know, we have to create some basic rules for those sponsors to abide by. And... Uh, you know, again, we, we have people that have said, well, you know, you've turned the event into such a commercial thing and, you know, I wish it was like it used to be. And, and, uh, and, and yeah, we kind of agree to, to a degree, but on the other hand, as the events start to grow again, if you don't, if you don't set some rules, um, it becomes a big disaster, you know, and, 
and then there's there's a lot of a lot of friction between the sponsors themselves and things like that if you don't yeah. you don't create some kind of structure and as an event grows as anything grows yeah. it inevitably costs more money to do oh absolutely and yeah. that's you know as much as uh you know you, you don't get free helicopters for being in the hobby you know you got to pay for those uh you know things cost money things cost money to produce that's all there is to it um, well, and it's also got to take a whole heck of a lot more effort to set up, right? I mean, how, how much time would you say, um, you've, you've had to put in nowadays compared to, you know, back a few years ago when you're only at 150 or 200 people guys, we both uh-huh. spend hundred hundreds of hours on this it, each it, year. It, <laughs> oh, geez. Well, here's the thing, like the first couple of years, Again, it was such an informal thing, and we would just tell the sponsors, you know, we're thrilled that you can help, it, that you know, that you want to be a part of it. Show up and bring your pilots or whomever you want to bring and give us a couple of donations, and we're happy to have you. But, you know, it got to this point where we had a complete, not disaster, but a, it got to this point where we had so many sponsors wanting to be a part of it. And, you know, sponsor A would set up, 55 flags across the flight line and sponsor b would say well why is sponsor a doing this we want to do the same we'll do it well no you can't because there's no more room right <laughs> yeah so it got to that point where we had to we had to create rules and and we did it but i think we're pretty flexible with them though and and i think that to the to the pilot that comes to to the event just to enjoy themselves and fly all these things are pretty much transparent. Yeah. You know, they really don't see what's happening behind the scenes. It's kind of like Urcha. You know, you go to Urcha. I mean, you know, it takes a lot of work and effort to make that, to, to, to put that event together. But you really don't know, you know, the whole intricacies of everything that those guys have to go through to put the event together. You go out there and you just enjoy yourself and have fun, you know. And, and that's what we've tried to do. And I think we've done a decent job. I mean, Kerry, you know, Kerry works his butt off. I mean, we, we both do. We really, like you said, we, we start organizing things as early as March and, uh, March, April. And, uh, you know, obviously towards, towards the end, you know, the, the weeks leading up to the event, um, it's pretty much work every day, at least for, at least for a couple hours, two, three hours every day on matters that have to do with the event itself. And, and, you know, and then finally, when it happens, we're running around like crazy during the event. And then the day is over. We're kind of happy is over. So for, <laughs> yeah. for, for us, for us, it's not, it's not the fun that it is for other people. But the fun for us is just knowing that we did a good event and people enjoyed it. And we're just happy to do it. But, <clears throat> I mean, aside from having a few minutes here and there when we enjoy ourselves, Gary, I mean, it's mostly work, really. Oh, it, it's just a tremendous amount of work. And I know you guys know that because you've run your own event. And it's, you know, it's just a larger version of, of what you've done in the Northwest. Um, Bert really spends a lot of time working with the industry and with all the sponsors and, you know, deals with uh, making sure it's fair for everyone, um, which, is, which is no simple fact. I mean, you know, there's big sponsors and there's small sponsors. And I think in the end, everybody gets a fair shake. And uh, to his point, you know, the end user or the, the people who come to fly, you know, they just see a, a really nice setup that looks sort of like the Jamboree. It's just a smaller version. Gary and I do probably 90% of the work leading up to 
the Tuesday or the Wednesday before the event. Um, you know, we rely on the club president, uh, Scott Huber, to help us with some of the permits and things like that. But aside from that, um, Carrie and I do, again, 90% of the work up until that Wednesday or Tuesday. And then it's probably only a handful of people, including me and Carrie, <laughs> that take care of the entire setup of the field. Um, so when the actual club volunteers uh, come in and, and help us is actually during the event itself. So I'm not trying to take away from their work. I mean, we're highly appreciative of what they do and how they help us do it. But, but the truth of the matter is, you know, the club steps in the Friday or the Thursday before the event, you know, mm -hmm. and, and they help us throughout the event. But everything that happens from, you know, March or whenever, April, whenever we start preparations to, to that Tuesday or Wednesday before the event is, is practically Carrie and I. So, so we got a lot on our plate to, 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 to do, to do, um, you know, to make, to make things happen. So Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday will be very busy days. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's something that I guess a lot of people don't realize Friday and Saturday after the event, I tend to disappear, uh, whatever other people are doing. Cause I'm, you know, I'm worn out. Uh, it, it's not just, we started on Friday. Well, you know, we'll start on, on Tuesday, actually on site. Yeah, I'll be there early enough to watch you guys work. When are you coming in, Dan? I'm coming in on the 3rd, so I think that's Wednesday. Yeah, that's Wednesday. Yep. There you go. You can help, Dan. No, Dan's I'll, I'll, I'll help watch. How's that sound? I'll help watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, the current uh, long-range long forecast, and I don't know how you know reliable it's going to be, the current long-range forecast is in the mid-70s. Uh, for the whole time of the event. In fact, oh. for that whole week. We will take that. Yeah, yes. that sounds awesome. Yeah. It's like you know, a, we're it's a little like... bit scared because we've had some strange erratic weather the last couple of weeks here. Kind yeah, of really. a little bit unusual. Yeah. We had an incredible fall. You know, we had probably four or five weeks of, uh, you know, the month of, I would say, October was just unbelievable. We had not a drop of rain and it was always in the low 80s, upper 70s. And absolutely perfect days with little wind. I mean, just a dream weather you could have, low humidity. Mm -hmm. And then the last couple of weeks, we started to get, you know, a cold front here and there. And we had a day when the lows were, I know you're going to laugh, but the lows were in the upper 30s. So, you know, that's for the, us, upper 30s, that's it's really cold, cold yeah. you know, especially yeah. when you're preparing an event. Yeah. Well, it's, it's all relative. I mean, yeah, it's relative to where you live. I mean, you know, we've been hovering around zero for most of the month which sucks. The last two days, it's warmed up to about 30. So, wow. Uh, <laughs> warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to come. You know, the question I was going to ask, actually you answered. So we're going to just move right along from there. Um, let's talk about, cause I know you guys do some charity work. Let's talk about the charities that you guys have picked and what is involved with that. And what are you doing for those charities? You want to take that one, Carrie? Yeah, I'll take that. Uh, every year we, we, support the toys for tots uh that's uh, based on the united states marines we have a toy collection at the gate uh anyone uh, that attends uh can bring a, a wrapped toy which we will take to uh the toys for tots drive on monday after the event uh or if you don't want to bring a toy you know we accept cash donations which will also be donated 100 percent to the to the organization 
Um, we don't really charge a uh, admission to the public, but we do ask for you know donations for toys for tots uh, for that purpose. And we usually get you know a whole truckload of stuff that we bring over there. Um, in the past, we've supported uh, Ronald McDonald House and a couple of other local charities, uh, you know, in the local city. But it's always a, uh, a charity drive. And, and actually, James Sestola came up with that idea, um, which I thought was a great idea. And, and we've James supported it every year. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's, it's always nice when you can use your event or your personalities, in Bert's case, to, to help with, with – uh, charities of your choosing that's pretty cool guys so uh, we've always like whenever we get our bottom line for whatever you know uh net revenue we brought in from the event obviously a, a big chunk of that goes to the club to help the club but um before we do that we always um sent money to the charities and like harry said in the past we've supported ronald mcdonald um, we need to support our local city as well. Um, some of their special programs they have for the elderly and things like that. That's pretty um, cool. And of course, the Toys for Tots. So, all right. Um, so, we're hoping that uh, we see a bunch of new faces this year at OHB. Tell us for those who have never been. I know you know we do. We, we've all heard about OHB, and and you've mentioned it just a minute ago about. Now, some people are saying it's Urcha-like or, or that, but is it a structured event? Are there, are there scheduled competitions? And what can the first-timer expect? It's, it's, in my opinion, aside from Saturday to a degree, it's a very relaxed, um, non-structured event in the sense that, you know, for example, Friday is just for, for the, for the first-timer, the pilot is coming to the event for the first time. What can they expect? Well, Friday is just an open day. Basically, show up, registered, registered to fly. Um, we'll hold a pilot's meeting. Um, we try to make it very quick. We just go over the typical stuff, you know, safety. And by the way, safety, I'll be, a, pardon the expression, I'll, I'll be a dick because safety to me is the most important thing. And I always emphasize safety above everything. So I'll talk about safety for a good couple of minutes. And uh, um, we have zero tolerance um, for those pilots that are reckless, that you know don't obey the rules, that fly behind the flight line and so forth. And there's just no warning. I mean, you're out. You, you, you would pull your badge, you're out. Um, we, we can't tolerate that because we don't want any accidents um, that could arise out of lack of responsibility or, you know, um, we understand things can happen, you know, they're models and they can fail and they can be issues, but you know, as long as the pilot is doing the right thing, you know, at least we know that we can minimize the risk. So we'll talk about safety. We'll talk about, uh, you know, or thank our sponsors, just a, a very quick pilots meeting. And then after we're done with that, I mean, that should take five to 10 minutes. And after we're done with that, it's just open flying all day, Friday. Um, so everybody, you know, anybody can do whatever they want. Just go and fly, have fun. You know, we'll have food, um, on site, of course, food vendors and, and, uh, it's just, just a big, just people can go to the vendors and look at their products and experience. RC is going to have their full hobby shop on site so they can go and buy stuff if they want to. They can go and visit you guys or whatever they want to do. Just an open day, nothing structured. And then Friday night, 
the people that want to stay and fly night fly, they're free to do so. It's, it's again, open flying. Um, I mean, some people have stayed in the past and did some night flying and, and then, but pretty much everything kind of dies early because you realize that the, um, you know, it, the, the sunset is relatively early because even though it's not cold, it's winter time right. as well. So <laughs> it'll, it'll be dark by six o'clock and, uh, and a lot of people will be out of the, you know, the ones that want to stay in night fly, you, you know, they'll stay, but still by 11 o'clock at night, the field will be probably empty. Then um, Saturday morning, same drill. We'll start again with the pilots meeting. And then it's kind of an open flying um, time until uh, I would say about one o'clock in the afternoon. And then at that time, we'll close the center fly station and the two fly stations next to it. And then we'll do our midday demos. And then basically we'll have all the sponsors do their demos at that time. And uh, um, we always try to make it to where it doesn't last very long because I know some of the pilots don't really care for the demos. They just want to fly. So we don't want the demos to last that long. But then on the other hand, we know there's people that want to watch the demos. So we kind of try to balance it. Um, we have so many sponsors this year that, I mean, the demos and demos inevitably are going to last at least an hour and a half, I would say. So that'll run from like one to two thirty, And then once that's over, uh, once again, the field is wide open, uh, again, for people to do whatever they want. And that's really it. I mean, Saturday afternoon, we'll have a, uh, uh, an auto rotation contest. That's just, that takes place at one of the, uh, last fly stations um that takes half an hour to do whomever wants to get into that uh the winner takes 300 dollars cash oh wow yeah, yeah. Nice. is it a then, is it a precision or auto or uh acrobatic? no just no just just basic auto rotation dude land it on the spot or something you know i don't know exactly um, Mark Graves, the owner of Graves RC is the one in charge of that. And he's the sponsor. He's the one that gives out the $300. So he's the one that comes up with the rules. I think historically has been like, um, three attempts, the best out of three attempts. And you, you know, just good old fashioned, like sure. easy measure distance from the spot. And right. whomever gets the shortest distance is the winner, you know? So nothing too fancy. And then, um, then the fields opens again. Well, the field's been open, but then in the evening, Saturday, we have the night fly. And uh, the night fly competition is sponsored by uh, um, Gowie and Scorpion. And that starts about an hour after sunset. So I would say at about 7 to 7.30. And uh, the, the pilots that want to enter the competition can sign up for this competition um, at the event itself. And uh, the winner will take $1,000 cash. Oof. So it's a pretty decent price. I'm going to have to duct tape some nice. uh, flashlights to my helicopter. <laughs> Not at all. Glow sticks and <laughs> flashlights. And then, um, oh, I missed something. I missed the most important thing, um, what people actually look forward to. Before the night fly, we have the big raffle. So here's the thing. We, what we do is we have so many prizes. is ridiculous. So... I mean, in previous years, we've had like upwards of like 20 some thousand dollars in prizes. So what we do is instead of just giving prizes to every pilot, I mean, we kind of do. But what we actually capitalize on is we in order to benefit this, these chari chari charities, 
we basically create individual raffles for the high ticket items. So, for example, if we have like a Goblin 700, for instance, or a KDS, you know, Agile 7.2 or big ticket items, then we'll do individual raffles for these items. And then we'll just put like a little box next to the item and people can just put tickets in there. Nice. So at the end of the day, before the night fly on Saturday, we'll do the raffle. So, you know, we'll gather everybody and we'll start pulling tickets and and calling up winners. Um, And then, of course, after that, it's the night fly. And then Sunday, um, it's again open flying. And, you know, I'm actually surprised because the last like three, four years, I've seen an unbelievable amount of people at the field on Sunday. You know, most events in the U.S., die you know at the end of saturday you know like you go to the field on sunday i mean i I don't even go to fun flies on sundays anymore because there's usually nobody at the field but we still have upwards of 100 or more pilots on the sunday so sundays are are quite busy up until i would say four four in the afternoon four or five so sunday is yet another nice open flying day you know Sounds real good to me. Let's get to the good stuff. Let's talk about who's coming as far as higher profile pilots and stuff like that. Give us a quick rundown. I don't know if you have a list in front of you or if you just know off the top of your head. I probably know it right off the top of my head. I mean, we got uh, Burke Hammer. I'm just kidding. (laughs) 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 Wow. I know you guys would get a kick out of that. That was for the win, (laughs) Burke. Yeah. We got, uh, no, we, seriously, we got Bobby Watts, of course, he's a local here, big supporter of the event. Uh, we got uh, the couple of, couple of kids from Israel that are flying Goblin, Doris Milovitz and uh, um, Tal, uh, what's his last name, uh, Tal Roglit. Um, they're both coming from Israel, they're flying Goblin, they're up and coming, they were at Heli Masters this year, they're flying off the hook. We have Duncan Bocion. He's the uh, winner of the uh, Heli Masters this oh, year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Class. Jay Hong Lee is coming from Korea, South Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, we got James Haley with Horizon. Jamie Robertson's coming with a line. Um, we got uh, Jesse Cavros, uh, uh, Kyle Dahl, and Mirko Sisena from Italy coming uh, to represent Mikado. Um, we got Julian Berard, another pilot from France, uh, flying goblin as well, coming all the way from France. We have, uh, Kyle Stacy, uh, flying goblin as well. Uh, I believe Matt Bodos is coming. I don't have a hundred percent confirmation from him, but he mentioned to me he would be here. Um, we have Mitch Morozas uh, with Gowie coming as well. Nick Maxwell is coming and we got a pretty decent lineup of pilots, uh, coming for sure. So should be cool. And then, of course, there's, those uh, RCHN schmucks are coming, too. Yeah, I heard, yeah. A, I heard a rumor to that effect. Did you hear that rumor? <laughs> That's the plan. Yeah, I heard several rumors to that effect. And oh, oh, also, uh, Nick, the commentator guy, Johnson. Johnson, yeah. Too, from England. Yeah. Sweet, man. I'm looking forward to it. It sounds like going to be a lot of fun. Crazy cast of characters. Yeah, it's going to be It's going to yeah. be pretty darn amazing. And then now, get this, like, from for sponsors is ridiculous. Like I want to mention them real quick, but for premium sponsors, I mean, these are guys that have actually put a chunk of change in terms of what they're they're contributing to the event to be there. We have alias helicopters, Bavarian demon, empire hobby, encore RC experience, RC HD helicopters, horizon hobby, KDS USA, scorpion, 
um, SAB heli division. Um, I mean, there, the list goes on and on. It's crazy. That's, man, that's a ton of support for that event. What about, um, what about, uh, like full on parts vendors, Bert? So I'm sure all of those premier sponsors and and even the non-premier sponsors, they're going to have their tents set up. You can go and look at the, the new and cool stuff that they're offering and maybe even buy some product, but are there, uh, you know, uh, big name retailers so that when you crash, you can go and get all your parts set up and, and get out and fly again in a couple of hours. Yeah, Experience RC um, will bring their semi-truck, literally, <laughs> um, full of stuff. And they've been doing that for the last three years. So just and, like their huge tent at Urcha Jamboree. Um, it's pretty, I mean, it's it's all inside a truck. So it's not laid out the same way. But I think based on what, what uh, Steve McFall, the owner, has told me, is the amount of stock they have in the truck is quite similar to what they have at Urcha. Wow. Probably not quite as much, but I would say I think 60, 70% of what you saw at Urcha in terms of, uh, you know, stock and inventory and stuff. Nice. So, yeah, pretty big. Are you guys, uh, I mean, I, I can't, you know, you talked about all the work you put into it. Do you guys have like a big party on Sunday? You're like, oh my gosh, thank goodness it's, thank goodness it's over. Just sit back and smoke a cigar and say we did it. <laughs> Gary, well, Gary disappears from the face of the earth. Nobody he? can find him. <laughs> Goes into hiding. So what, what generally happens on Sunday is we start winding the event down. There's some of the stuff we uh, we rent has to be returned on Monday, and there's there's set up and, and breakdown. So you know we start breaking down the stuff that's complex, like the uh, audio system, getting it ready to go for Monday. And then uh, I know I'm back on Monday. Bert's usually there as well. There's other things that have to be returned and general uh, cleanup of the area. So, you know, we start on Tuesday before the event, and we're usually done by the Tuesday after the event. It's it's not just a couple of days for us. It's many days. How many spectators do you guys think you get? Do you have a number on that? It, it's varied over the years. Um, you know, at any point in time on Saturday, there's probably a thousand people wow. when it's really busy on site. That includes everybody um, because it's the the event's got a, a good reputation around the area. People bring their families out, you know, to see particularly the noontime uh, shows. And one thing I'm I'm really proud of. Um, I think we were the first event in the United States, and Bert can correct me on this because he's been to far more than I have, where we actually erected a safety barrier between show center and where the bulk of the uh, spectator area is. Uh, it's it's a mesh material. You can still see through it well, but it's about, uh, I think it's 10 or 11 feet high. Uh, it's something that you know, going to, to this field allowed us to do. We really couldn't do it at the other field. There wasn't enough room. But it gave all of us a good feeling about, uh, you know, at least trying to address safety around the area where the, the most radical activity is going on, which is around show center. Right. So I'm, I'm particularly yep. proud of that. That's That sounds awesome. We can't wait. We cannot wait to get down to some warm weather. We, we appreciate you guys having us come down. It's fantastic. We were really looking forward to it. 
Yeah, looking forward to having you guys. I'm counting the days. Yeah, we're uh, less than two weeks. I know. So when is everybody arriving? When are you guys arriving? Dan is coming in on Wednesday. And what about the rest of you guys? Nick and I are flying in Thursday, like early Friday morning. We'll be at the field first thing Friday morning. And then with uh, with school, I'm not able to get there till Friday midday. Oh, that blows, dude. That's terrible. So, <laughs> yeah. What am I going to do? I'm hanging out till the ninth. Nice. Yeah. I'm gonna... So, Dan, you're going to have to do the whole setup and everything? Uh, Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. I'm... I enjoy watching you work. I've never seen you do anything, so. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Uh, Wait till you see the tattoo I got. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Hey, hey, there's oh. a nice place here. You could you could have your own, too. Yeah, last time I got tattooed in Florida, it turned into a mess. I don't think I'll be doing that. Uh, I just want to say thanks to all our sponsors. They really make this event possible. As we talked about earlier, it's quite expensive to run this. Uh, this is not a backyard operation. This is done uh, professionally. It's it's planned very well. Bert spends a tremendous amount of time uh, laying out the field, working with the vendors, getting uh, that side of the, the world organized. Um, we appreciate all the, uh, the people who come to see the show, to participate, have a good time. Uh, it's usually a great time. So... Thanks to all, thanks to all the vendors and supporters, and of course the the pilots who make it what it is. Yep, and I just want to follow up by say that Carrie is instrumental to the event. If Carrie bails out, I'm not doing this ever again. <laughs> so he uh, he takes care of all the logistical stuff with the registration and uh, makes sure that uh, everything's properly organized and you know, especially the pilot packets. You should see the pilot bags that he hands out. They're awesome. You know, there's all kinds of goodies in there now that he. He took upon himself to, to come up with ideas to make it kind of like a cool experience. So with that being said, um, the pilot bags are only issued, um, it, you know, I would say they're issued to every pilot. But if you pre-register, you get the nice pilot bag because it comes with a T-shirt and other goodies and stuff. So um, get the full value out of the event. Just go to rcflightdeck.com. That's rcflightdeck.com. And in the search box, just type in Orlando Helicopter Blowout. And you'll find the event. Just go ahead and pre-register for the event. Pre-registration is open until Wednesday night, Carrie, or Thursday night? Um, uh, probably probably Thursday night. Thursday night before the event. So literally, you can register until uh, Thursday the, the 4th of December. And uh, you pay your registration fee. And then when you get to the field, you not only get a free T-shirt, but you also get two other perks. Number one, you don't have to wait like forever to get your registration done. You just go out there, tell them your name. It'll be on file. They give you a pilot bag. You're off, you're off to, to go flying. But the, also the other thing that is cool about it is you're entered to win um, goodies. Um, obviously, the goodies are given out by me. So you could win like a free set of BK servos. Or you can win a uh, Spartan flybarless system as well. So what we do is when we do the raffle Saturday evening, we draw another raffle out of the pre-registered pilots and we hand out some prizes. Um, so definitely worthwhile pre-registering. So, And uh, other than that, I, I guess that's all we have. Go to the Facebook page. If you uh, open up your browser and you type in Orlando Helicopter, 
or blowout.com. It takes you to our Facebook page. Just like the page. Um, we put updates there all the time about who's coming and what we're doing. And we try not to spam people at all. It's just a cool place to go if you're interested in the event to know the latest about the event itself. So, so in that uh, one quick thing, I guess, maybe to cover is um, on the uh, flightdeck.com. Is there hotel reservation information on that? Or how would I... How would uh, that's posted on the Facebook okay. um, on the Facebook page. Um, it's I, I believe it's facebook.com slash Orlando helicopter blowout. But if you just if you just go to like Orlando helicopter blowout.com on like your browser, it'll redirect you to there. Okay. So and it's posted there. Um, there's a couple of preferred hotels, but I mean being Orlando sort of the one of the tourist capitals of the United States, I'm sure that you know, there, I mean, there's so many hotels in the area is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, you can get rooms for, you know, in the ghetto for as low as $20 to, you know, an $800 a night room. So definitely lots of options. We um, recommend a couple of hotels that are within 10 minutes of the field and in a town called Apopka, A-P-O-P-K-A. One is a Holiday Inn, Holiday Inn Express. The other one is a Hampton Inn. And uh, they're for they go for about a hundred dollars a night. They're new hotels. They were built about three or four years ago. Um, so, to me, that would be the way to go if yeah. you don't want to spend too much money. Yeah, I think we're actually staying at the uh, Hampton Inn. Yeah, and that's that's where I have like a lot of the people staying. It's it's a nice place. It won't break the bank, but yet it's it's a really nice little hotel. So, those are listed on Flight Deck as well uh, on the uh, dashboard for the event. There, so they're in two places. They're on the Facebook page, and they're on the registration page. Excellent. Yeah. All righty, guys. Well, thanks for your time, and uh, thanks for putting on an awesome event. We can't wait to come down. And uh, one just quick remark for our listeners. This is a perfect time. Hurry up, get the plans made. You don't have much time left. It's time to get down there. Enjoy some sunny weather if you're from the north like we are. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All righty. Thanks. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Okay. Yeah, later, guys. You know, there aren't many companies that can honestly say they offer a complete spectrum of helis from beginner all the way to expert. Well, Blade Helicopters can not only make that claim, but they can most certainly back it up. Whether you're looking for your first collective pitch heli, like maybe the 200 SRX with self-leveling safe technology, or you're ready to step up and play with the big boys and get the 700X Pro series, you'll be sure to find a blade heli that will fit your skill level and budget. From little kids to big kids, Blade's got something for you. So fly on over to www.bladehelis.com for more information. So there you go, guys. Bert and Carrie. God, I cannot wait to go hang out with yes. those guys. It'll be great to hang out with them, absolutely. I might stop at a tattoo shop on the way down. You oh, think so? Thinking about it. Oh, really? Yeah. You never know. I get a little. I cannot wait to see that. <laughs> see if maybe I can. That's well. Hey, you better watch what you say. Find out where it is first. I. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Do you Should care? Be the last tattoo you ever want to lay eyes <laughs> do you, on. Do you, do you care where it's at, Justin? Do I care where it's at? Yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> now that I've said that, I don't want to see it. <laughs> you're going to back up. You're going to back. You're going to. Yeah. This. On that. Yeah. Yep. Well, we'll see. We'll see. No, I cannot wait to go down there and hang out, get out of this weather and uh, get a few flights and hang out in the sun for a few days. So uh, we're going to go over a little bit. Uh, we've, we, we've got some project projection. Projection. We've got some, we've got some information for you. Uh, for our listeners, uh, when it comes to what we're going to be doing over the next month, uh, you know, the shows you can expect to see, Justin's got those written down. So go, Justin, go ahead and tell us what, uh, you've decided we're going to do. Yeah. So first off, uh, the, the Monday following OHB, which is going to be Monday, December 8th, we're not going to have a show released. Okay. So that'll be one week off. Uh, but we will have the live, the big show that we're doing at OHB on Friday or Saturday night. That's probably going to come out midweek, Dan. That's, probably like yeah, as soon as tenth or eleventh. Yeah, as soon as something I, like that. Yeah, I got to get to a computer to get it done, but yeah, um, as soon as possible. So look forward to that, and then we are also going to take the week of the 29th of December off. Uh, as you guys know, uh, Christmas for us is Thursday the 25th, and then we usually record that Friday. Uh, we're going to take take some time off uh, to spend with our family and friends, and so we will not have a show released on the 29th. But we will be returning to you on January 5th. New year. For the new year, 2015. And we are so going we got a to, few more few more shows left in the year. That'll be a fun and show. And then we'll see you on the other side. Yeah, because we're gonna we're gonna revisit the uh, predictions, and then the we're gonna revisit the uh, uh, New Year's resolutions. Oh yes, can't wait. <laughs> oh geez. <laughs> so we're gonna wrap this one up. But before we do, if you wanted to send us an email, uh, how would I do that, Nick? I wanted to send you one. To Nick at rchelynation.com. You could send me an email at Justin at rchelynation.com. If you wanted to send Jesse an email, you could reach him at Jesse at rchelynation.com. I'm Dan. You can reach me at Dan at rchelynation.com. You got a question about a shirt, a citizen card, send that to Ken at rchelynation.com. Um, check us out on Facebook as well. Uh, appreciate the support there. Uh, remember to go to the store. We do have some hoodies coming in. I don't. I haven't had a chance to have. I don't know if any of you guys have, but as far as getting together with Ken to find out where we are uh, as far as shipment on the pre-orders that we did, but those should be going out. I would suspect very soon. Yeah, the order got placed. Let's see on Monday, so four or five days ago, and they were quoting us about a week to a week and a half turnaround. Mm-hmm. So if they're not in by the time you guys hear this, then they should be in by the end of Thanksgiving week. So look for yep. those. And if you, yeah, and if you didn't place a pre-order, um, and you want to get one as a Christmas gift for someone, you better hurry. Absolutely. There's always a big rush right at the last minute. Yep. And uh, we do have some shirts left, and I think um, what we're going to be doing here is maybe at the first of the year coming up with some new designs. I think, Nick, that's kind of something you're thinking. I heard you mention it the other day. Uh, mm-hmm. So look for some different shirts, and, um, you know, that stuff takes time, so not quite sure when that's going to happen, but 
sooner sooner than later, hopefully. But we'll we'll let you know as soon as we know. And I think that about wraps it up. We're looking forward uh, looking forward to OHP in a couple of weeks. And remember, if you um, if you want to come to the Epcot Center with me, you can. If you want to go to the Epcot Center with these guys, you can as well. But bring your family. <laughs> <laughs> You can, you know, it's a great way to, it's a great opportunity to take your family to Florida, come hang out for a day, and then spend some time with your family down there in Florida in the sun, in the warm weather. Great. All righty, guys, this has been episode 163. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week. We'll see you next Monday. You better fucking watch out for that overturn semi on own ramp, eh? <laughs> Take it easy, guys. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Blade Helicopters, BK Servos, Revelectrics USA, and Rotary Wing RC. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email. Unhappy cat. Locked in a bedroom. Probably going to shit all over everything. <laughs> That's what I do when I get mad. Is that what you do? <laughs> <laughs> you just drop trow and let it go? That's right. You're going to lock me in here? It's the first thing that comes to my mind.